0: Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. And it came to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my ser- man- ser- men servants and on my, my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. And then reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1312, 1312, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 10, and reading through verse 23. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, all things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. As for the reading of God's Word, may he add his blessing to it. In conjunction with it, I invite you to look at page 880 in the back of the Psalter hymnal, the Red Psalter hymnal, Lord's Day 20 of the Heidelberg Catechism. We're considering together the articles of the Apostles' Creed and come now to that article in the Creed which says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, that the Spirit, which the Father, in, with the Father and the Son, is eternal God. Second, that he has given to me, so that through true faith he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits, comforts me, and will remain with me forever. Beloved of the Lord, some have looked at the Heidelberg Catechism's treatment of this article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and wondered whether or not, The Catechism does justice to the doctrine of the Spirit. There's one question and one answer concerning, I believe, in the Holy Spirit. Isn't there a lot more that we ought to say than just what this one answer has? Well, a careful examination of the Heidelberg Catechism will reveal that there are uh, 36 references to the Holy Spirit in 31 different question and answers. So this isn't the only, the only place where the Holy Spirit is dealt with. In fact, when the uh, authors of the Catechism divide up the articles of the Apostles' Creed into three groups, the third grouping of articles of the Apostles' Creed is the Holy Spirit and our sanctification, meaning uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who uh, handles our sanctification, and all the application of the work of Christ is the work of the Spirit, so that even uh, when we aren't mentioning the Holy Spirit by name in the catechism, if we're talking about that which Christ uh, has done for us, uh, and the the application of it to our lives, we're talking about the work of the Spirit. So, don't think that uh, because there's only one question and answer here, uh, that this is the only place that the Catechism deals with the Spirit. It is a, a document that is very rich in its treatment of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Catechism sets before us some, a summary of some important biblical truths, that the Holy Spirit is fully God, together with the Father and the Son, that the Holy Spirit is given to believers, and that through faith He makes us share in all Christ's blessings. Those are the things that we want to consider together this evening. First of all, that the Spirit is fully divine. That has to be affirmed because there are many who would like to reduce the Spirit uh, to simply uh, God's muscle, God's strength. You know, this is uh, the power of God at work. This is done by people who have a hard time with the idea of the Trinity and uh, the idea that there are three persons who are one God. They say, well, no, he's, he's not a person. He, he's, he's just like, uh, you know, the, the strength in your arms, the muscles that uh, you use to put your will into effect. It's, a, it's an impersonal power, the power of God. But if that were the case, the Scripture would not speak of the Spirit the way the Scripture speaks. The, the Scriptures attribute... To the spirit, all kinds of things that persons do, not impersonal forces, for example, uh, the Spirit teaches uh, we read in uh, uh, First Corinthians chapter two, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom but by taught by the spirit and Jesus says something similar when he says in john fourteen twenty six but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you things and, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. For so the Spirit teaches and the Spirit reminds. Uh, the Spirit has emotions, For Paul says in Ephesians 4, uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit who is, in, who is within you. Uh, when Paul was uh, considering where to go, he says in one place in Acts 16.6 that uh, uh, he wanted to go to Asia, but... Uh, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Uh, The Spirit said, no, don't go there. Uh, This is, uh, again, the activity of a person. Uh, We read that he speaks, he searches, he testifies, he leads, he reveals, he strives, he makes intercession. Uh, Revelation 2, verse 7, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And again, first Timothy four. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. And first Corinthians chapter two, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the deep th- even the depths of God. When he says the, the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, what he's getting at there is that uh, the Holy Spirit is examining. The Father and looking at the Father and studying the Father in order to learn all about the Father so that the Spirit can then turn around and reveal the Father and the Son to you. Uh, The Spirit has searched the deep things of God and so now is in a position to reveal to us the deep things of God. You don't talk about your, your muscles uh, doing that sort of uh, inspection of you <laughs> so that it can then turn around and and reveal you to other people. That's not what an impersonal force that does. That's what a person does. Uh, Acts 20, verse 23, The Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. And... Uh, in Luke chapter 4, we read that Jesus was led by the Spirit after he uh, went into the wilderness. Uh, in uh, Romans 8, uh, the Spirit intercedes for us with words, uh, with groanings too deep for words. So all of this activity, uh, uh, the Spirit uh, teaching, reminding, the Spirit being grieved, uh, the Spirit uh, testifying, leading, revealing, striving, making intercession, all of these activities are the activities of a person, not of an impersonal force. You have it again and again that these, uh, uh, it's not just a force, but a person. But not just any person, a divine person, because he's given divine names. He is a God's Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of the Lord. And wherever the Spirit is, God is there. When uh, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Apostle Peter, uh, he said, uh, "You have lied to God." And then in the next sentence, he says, "You have lied to the Holy Spirit. Uh, in lying to God, you have lied to the Spirit as well, because the Spirit is God." Uh, when Jesus promised the Holy uh, uh, to come back to uh, his his disciples, he says, "We will come. Uh, we will come to." Uh, uh, Him, that is to the believer, and make our home with Him. And uh, how does God come to us and make His home with us? Well, in that context, He says, I will give you the Helper, the the Spirit. I will give you the Spirit of God. And by the Spirit of God, the Father and the Son come and make their home within us. Uh, In uh, the Bible, we see that the Spirit is also involved in the work of uh, creation. Uh, Psalm 140, verse 30 says, When you send forth your spirit... They are created, and you renew the face of the ground. And so this is not just a force from God, but a real divine person. It is God Himself. But when we emphasize the the fact that the Spirit is a person, we shouldn't think of Him as being totally independent of the other two persons of the Trinity. Uh, We have to see them always as working together, as being one in essence. That's uh, important because... Uh, oftentimes, people will try to claim the leading of the Spirit contrary to the Word of God. God says one thing in the Bible, and then somebody comes along and says, Well, I prayed for the leading of the Spirit, and, and this is what I came up with. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't agree with the Word of God, but the Spirit is leading me. I uh, sadly had the uh, experience of being in a, a synod many uh, many decades ago, a synod where uh, there was much prayer for the leading of the Spirit, and then the, the decision that uh, uh, women could be exercised uh, leadership roles in the church, even though two synods earlier uh, the, uh, the same denomination had said that. Uh, a male headship should govern the offices of the church. And so, all of a sudden, the Spirit was not only contradicting the Bible, but contradicting the Synod uh, just two years earlier. Uh, it, it was uh, a sad thing to see, but but people get carried away with this uh, leading of the Spirit to, you know, whatever I feel. <laughs> it can't be wrong if it feels so right, uh, as one uh, singer sang many uh, decades ago. Uh, uh, they want to be led by the Spirit Uh, We also need to be aware that uh, some branches of Christendom uh, say that we could have uh, access to the Father through the Spirit apart from Christ. Now, by the way, when I use the word Christendom, I'm talking very broadly, anyone who would claim the name of Christ, even though you or I might not want to uh, think, uh, might not agree that they deserve the name of Christ. But anyone who would claim it for themselves, I would include in in Christendom. And uh, so I use that word to be sort of all inclusive of anything that uh, is associated with the name of Christ. Any a church of any denomination whatsoever, however heretical they might be. They think they're a church, and so they're part of Christendom. Uh, there are parts of Christendom that, that, that do isolate the spirit uh, in terms of uh, access to the Father. You find that uh, in Eastern Orthodoxy, and you find it in some, not all, thankfully, but some forms of Pentecostalism. And it often comes to expression in contemporary Christian music and so forth where uh, it's all about the Spirit and the Spirit bringing me to God and uh, I have an experience of God through the Spirit. And there's no reference to the fact that that we're to approach God through Christ and that the Scriptures teach that what the Spirit does is is bring Christ to us. Uh, as we say in the baptismal form, He He makes real in our lives the work of Christ, So that uh, we come to the Father through Christ because the Spirit has opened our eyes to the need to come to God the Father through uh, God the Son. But uh, you often have this kind of mysticism in Eastern Orthodoxy and in some forms of Pentecostalism that you need to uh, be on guard against. And you may wonder, why am I warning you against uh, Eastern Orthodoxy? Well, right now in the United States there is an Eastern Orthodox uh, priest who began his clerical career as a United Reformed minister. Uh, He he was uh, later deposed and excommunicated, but uh, he is now an active uh, uh, priest in the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church. So there are some who are drawn to that, and we need to be on guard against the errors that are evident there. Well, the Spirit is a divine person, one person like the person of the Father and the Son, united together in the work that they do. And the Catechism says He is given to believers. He is given to believers. The personal indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the the great blessing of the New Testament church, something not experienced uh, in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was very active Uh, The Holy Spirit was active in giving people new hearts and giving them the gift of faith and in giving them gifts. Uh, I I picture the the Holy Spirit, so to speak, in my mind as a a heart surgeon and uh, as a a nutritional expert uh, ministering to the saints in the Old Testament and also one who equipped them like a A teacher equips you for your calling in life. You may go to a a technical school or to a college and study for a particular career, and you have one teacher who stands out as the one who gives you what you need to do what God has called you to do. Well, the Holy Spirit is that that heart surgeon who gives us the new heart and a new spirit, uh, takes out the stony, hard heart, gives us the soft, malleable heart and, and the gift of faith, and then... He strengthens us for the work that we are called to do. He gives us gifts. Uh, He gave uh, Bezaliel and Aholiab the uh, skills that they needed in order to build the tabernacle. He gave Samson his strength. He gave Solomon his wisdom. He gave the prophets the right words to to write down on the uh, uh, scriptures that he inspired. He was there. to work on the people, to work in the people. But God didn't take up residence in their bodies. He did take up residence in their midst, in the tabernacle and in the temple. But there were curtains and there were walls separating them and they couldn't get close. But now something has happened. Something special has happened. God has poured out His Spirit on the church and the, the, the Spirit takes residence in us. And as we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now in 1 Corinthians uh, 3, the text that I read to you, Paul is using the word you in the plural and talking to the whole church. You, the church, are the temple. But in other passages, he, he speaks in you in the singular. So it is both. It's both you plural and you singular are temples of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he prays in Ephesians chapter 3 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And in uh, 1 Corinthians 6:19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And again, Galatians 4, verse 6 and because you are sons, God has sent His Spirit, has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Uh, God has given us His Spirit. Now, we might wonder, why didn't God do this in the Old Testament? I think I may have explained this to you once before, but it's uh, something worth uh, repeating, and there's always new people listening every time uh, a minister speaks, and so it, uh, it needs to be uh, taught again and again. Uh, In John chapter 7, uh, verse 39, it says, The Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. This giving of the Spirit to believers to take residence in us individually and corporately had not happened because Jesus had not yet been glorified. What that's referring to especially is the the human nature of, of Jesus Christ. God became a man in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, one who is fully human as well as being fully divine. Well, when Christ uh, was raised from the dead and ascended to the Father, his human nature was glorified. The first human being ever to be glorified. Uh, Before, uh, when Adam and Eve were created, even before they were sinned, they were in a a testing mode, so to speak, God was testing them. Had they passed the test, they would have been glorified, but they they hadn 't been glorified now the first human being is glorified, and because that that human being, Jesus, is glorified, the Father can come to him in in a closer way than God has ever been able to come to any other human being. God, by His Spirit, indwelt the human nature of Jesus. And lo and behold, because you are united to Christ by faith, everything that Christ receives, you are worthy of receiving as well. Even though you're not glorified, because you're united by faith to one who is glorified, because He now is the head of the church, and you are members of His body. You can receive the Spirit. So when, when He receives the Spirit, then the, He can pour out the Spirit on the church. And we receive the Spirit in this new and powerful way and become temples of the Holy Spirit. And Of course, Paul says there comes responsibility with that gift. You have to honor God with your body. The way you treat your body is important things like uh, uh, nutrition and rest and exercise and regular medical checkups and and being good stewards of your health and not using your body for sinful purposes, not uh, getting drunk, be not filled with wine, but be filled with the spirits, you know. Uh, These are all the responsibilities that come with being temples of the living God. A glorious gift has been poured out to us. Well, this brings us to the third thing that the catechism mentions, and that is that through faith, uh, he makes us share in all his blessings. We've talked about this one blessing, but all his blessings uh, uh, come to us uh, through the Spirit's work in our lives. Again, as we uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, the Spirit makes real in our lives the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, He creates faith, He washes, He renews, He enables us to persevere, He gives us gifts for service in the church, every one of you. uh, You don't have to be elected to an office in the church to serve the congregation. Every member of the church has been given gifts and abilities from the Spirit to serve one another and to build each other up. And uh, so uh, these, these treasures and gifts come to us, from Christ uh, through the Spirit. Without the Spirit, we're deaf and blind to the gospel. We're blinded to our sin and guilt, and the the gospel appears as foolishness, but the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and our hearts, and uh, when we hear the Word, we uh, we rely upon the Spirit to do that, and uh, ministers like myself have to be careful not to try to manipulate people through emotions. That's you know, a lot of preachers uh, think, uh, well, Christ did his part, and now everything up is up to you, and you have to make a decision. And they, they minimize the work of the Spirit in applying the work of grace. And, and so ministers become salesmen and emotional manipulators who try to uh, get to you to uh, get all teary when you hear a, a moving testimonial and some uh, soft music, and then they have, to have an altar call, and... Uh, people are emotionally stirred, and they come forward, and they make a decision, but it's all emotion. It's it's not the work of the Spirit. It's not true faith, and so we uh, we need to simply follow God's direction, preach the Word, and let the Spirit uh, do His Word. Uh, God uh, makes uh, His presence uh, felt in our lives. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the angels Give, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Uh, Paul also writes, uh, Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, We have comfort, we have joy, because the Spirit is at work within us, applying the work of Christ. And this is uh, a major part of the Christian life. Uh, that we are built up and strengthened through the work of the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit has been uh, given to you. You've been sealed with the Spirit in baptism. Uh, you've tasted the good gifts of the Spirit when you hear the Bible, when you uh, partake of the sacraments of the bread and the wine and so forth. You're you're tasting the Spirit's work. You taste the Spirit's work when you also uh, uh, eat up His Word and drink up His Word, whatever. Uh, this is God's Spirit at work in our midst, and we must be careful not to grieve the Spirit, and not to uh, deny the Spirit. The author of Hebrews says, uh, that don't be like those uh, who are described there in Hebrews uh, 6, uh, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared the Holy Spirit and tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. He's warning that that there are people who have tasted of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, they have... uh, been enlightened and uh, shared in the Holy Spirit. They've, they've tasted heavenly gifts and shared in the Spirit, and, and they'll be lost if they harden their hearts against this. They'll be, uh, he goes on to say, like, like soil upon which it rains. And the rain comes as a, as a showers of blessing upon the soil, but all the soil brings up is briars and thorns. It doesn't bring forth a, a good crop. And, uh, of course, what he's referring to here is he's, he's referring to the Israelites who came out of Egypt. They were baptized in the sea and in the cloud, and they they uh, ate the manna from heaven, and they drank the water from the rock who was Christ. They they tasted of the Holy Spirit. They heard the gospel. The gospel was preached to them, but they didn't believe it. And so God was not pleased with most of them, and uh, they perished in the wilderness and were we're warned the same way. If you have been brought up in the church, if you have, if you have been brought up in a covenant family, if you have been sealed with the Spirit in baptism, uh, and uh, tasted the heavenly gifts by simply listening to the gospel, and you harden your heart against it, you are in grave danger of sinning against the Holy Spirit, and, and for which there is uh, no hope. Uh, we. Uh, We have a glorious gift, but then we have a responsibility to respond humbly with gratitude and with faith. Believe the promise and pray for strength to persevere, strength uh, as he has promised to give. There is a wonderful promise in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It, uh, It reads like this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Some people look at that and say, Well, unbelievers aren't going to ask for the Holy Spirit. What's that all about? Well, He's not speaking to unbelievers. He's speaking to those who have already been born again of the Spirit. Saying, ask for the gifts of the Spirit. You know, Paul says, seek the higher gifts uh, and... uh, uh, he says, I pray that you might know that that uh, uh, incomparable power, that inestimable power for us who believe, uh, he w- there's, there's so much more that is available that we don't uh, utilize, that we don't pray for. Uh, pray for the, the grace and the gifts of the Spirit to be manifested more and more in your life. And then use the means that the Spirit uses, which is prayer and Scripture and worship and Christian fellowship and Christian service. These are the ways in which the Spirit uh, manifests Himself and uh, by which He builds us up and makes us into the church we are called to be. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for... The Holy Spirit, we thank you that the Spirit does not bear witness to himself, but bears witness to Christ and brings to us all the treasures and gifts that Christ has won for us, including the gift of the Spirit to live within us. We pray that you would give us of your Spirit in ever-increasing measure, that we may seek the higher gifts and that we may use them well. Help us also to honor uh, our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit, and not to uh, use them for sinful purposes. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.